Sky falling. Thirty-four years ago, Ahi. Sky saw horror reflected in her mother's eyes as their front door was abruptly knocked down by a sharp blow. She could hear her newborn baby sister crying uncontrollably. The baby was tightly wrapped in the cotton sling that hung over her mother's chest. Ten-year-old Sky tried to control the fast thundering of her heartbeat as four Huri surrounded them. At first, Sky's mother Grain did not react to the men. The Yingo finished braiding Sky's wild copper hair. Then Grain placed her fingers on Sky's chin and looked into her eyes. With her eyes, the mother pointed to the open window that stood a few meters from the young girl. Sky stood frozen, processing her mother's silent command. The girl's eyes were wide, her lips squeezed between her teeth. Before Sky could react, Grain stood up, dagger in hand, carrying her youngest on her chest. The man that stood between Sky and the window fell as Grain slashed his throat with a single swipe. The girl watched nervously. She feared for her mother. Grain was faster and more accomplished in battle than any Huri in the land, but she had given birth the night before. Go, Sky. Fetch help. Grain screamed as she placed her body between the rest of the Huri and Sky. The Yingo held her dagger in front of her baby, commanding the full attention of the men. Sky hesitated, watching her mother stumble and nearly faint. She was weak, too weak to fight three men with a child in her arms. Don't kill them. We need them alive, said Iblis, managing the rage of his men, angered by the death of their companion. The three Huri unsheathed their swords. Sky ran toward the open window. She dived straight over the windowsill and rolled on the ground into a standing position. She looked back to meet her mother's eyes. The curls of her blood-coloured hair covered her face and hid the panic in her chestnut eyes. Leave the girl, ordered Iblis, keeping his eyes set on grain. She's not yet of fertile age. The three men surrounded the woman, Iblis' sword pointed towards her baby. Yingo, drop your sword or the child will die. Sky raced as fast as she could, ignoring the blood gushing from a scrap knee caused by the impact of the fall. I'll come back for you, mother. Vivian waited as her sister Luna caressed the golden hair of her six-year-old son. Bastian was sleeping soundly as his mother kissed his forehead. The two Angel women walked together to one of the external pavilions that surrounded the sacred house. I think my Bas will leave Angel to become a Massey. He spent the entire day planting melons and squash at the farms. I struggled to clean the clay stuck under his fingernails, Luna said. He has a deep connection with nature. Your child is too wild to care about the mysteries, knowledge, and crystals of the sacred house. He will thrive at the farms. I can't bear to part with him. He'll have to stay with me for a few more years. Luna's husband, Lucas, sat outside on the floor in front of the pyre of fire that burned in observance of the summer solstice. The sisters did not interrupt his meditation. They sat beside him, attempting to connect with the elders that no longer roamed the earth. With her eyes closed, Vivian asked her foremothers for the most precious gift, another child, a pure-blooded descendant of the royal bloodline, a sibling to her son to help safeguard and propagate the powerful genes that Vivian and Luna had inherited from their ancestors. At the age of 78, she was still very young, and she hoped to bear two more royal children. Deep into her prayer, her mind wandered into the realm of those who no longer had a physical body, and in that state she did not see the danger that lurked a few metres away. The largest of the Huri kicked Lucas in the head twice before the Angel had a chance to open his eyes. Sathian, what are you doing? 
Vivienne cried as she recognised the perfect features and poise of her royal kinsman. In his eyes, she saw only madness. Sathian held Luna from behind in a tight embrace. He immobilised her arms and almost choked her. The man lay her down on the ground by her neck and signalled to another man, who pulled his pants down and spread her legs apart. Vivienne wrestled with Sathian's arms, attempting to release her sister. He turned to face her, and she looked into Sathian's eyes, pleading for mercy. His emerald eyes glimmered with the tears he held back, but a second later, his gaze was dry, cold and empty. He pushed her, and she fell backwards on the ground. Luna wailed, realising her impending sentence. Vivienne felt hopeless. She looked at the unconscious body of Lucas in despair. Inside her head, she could hear her other sister screaming. Grain, she thought, feeling her sister's agony. Luna kicked the man that approached her in the groin and used a branch from the pyre of fire to stab Sathian in the left eye. Sathian screamed in anger and pain as he placed his hand over the hole that was once his eye. Furious and out of control, he grabbed Luna's tunic with one single hand and threw her on top of the bonfire. She screamed in pain as the fire devoured her skin. "'Pull her out,' he ordered as he attempted to recover from her attack, wiping the remains of his eye from his face." It's too late. The Huri tried to pull Luna's body from the fire, but the Angel's dancing body of pain and despair was now fully consumed by flames. The screams of the Angel were deafening. Her song of torment and doom came to an abrupt end when Sathian pushed his sword through her heart. Vivienne lay on the ground crying uncontrollably. She watched the men turn to her. The fear, the shock and the smell of her sister's scorched body made her vomit. In her mind's eye she could feel Sathian's feelings, his rage, his madness, his pain, his regret. She denied him compassion. Vivienne, the purest of the Angel, refused to respond to his twisted torment. In all her despair she became defiant. She knew what others didn't. She could feel the battle that raged inside him. She looked into his deformed face and waited for her doom. One of the men grabbed her long, raven-coloured hair, pulling her towards him. Don't touch her, Sathian said. But Sathian pushed his sword into the man's heart before he could finish his sentence. He kneeled beside Vivienne, grazed his fingers along the contour of her face, kissed her lips and said, You hold everything I love and lost. I leave all my treasures in your hands, Angel. He got up abruptly and walked away, followed by the rest of his men. Vivienne stood there, paralysed with fear, weeping, her head sunk into her knees, his words echoed in her mind. She couldn't make sense of them.